Hello everyone and thank you for joining me on Mom of Two Without a Clue. I am Katrina, the clueless mother. Um, Welcome to Season 3, Episode 2, Unfiltered and Unedited. Um, The sound quality of uh, Episode 2 might even sound different than Episode 1. Episode 1 was recorded on my son's bunk bed. Episode 2 is being recorded in my kitchen with a severe thunderstorm outside so if you hear any noise it might just be the rain falling (laughs) um i want to before i go into this episode i just want to say thank you to everyone that reached out after i published episode one um i had a lot of anxiety about it um do i do it do i not do it then once i published it i thought i would be better but instead i was like oh my gosh it's out there and you know there were people that knew what was happening and people that kind of figured that was happening and then people that were just completely clueless and were like oh my gosh that's what's happening (laughs) so um thank you for all the positive um feedback last episode was rough and this um time i want to talk about grief um i thought it would be hard to get past episode one without crying i really don't want to cry on here because like i said unedited (laughs) um unfiltered so i can't really cut out my sniffling if i start crying so i'm gonna try and avoid that um this season is not gonna be all a bad season or i mean about bad or negative things um it's just the reality at the moment life has highs and lows and i do believe that you don't get a rainbow without some rain or or a storm in some (laughs) in some cases um but it's okay to experience both the highs and the lows and the highs are just so much sweeter um after you hit that low so just these past few months have been a little low um so i left you last at the separation um so we had that conversation and about a week less than two weeks later got diagnosed with covid and not just me um got diagnosed with covid me um my sister my brother-in-law my uh two nephews my grandparents my mom everyone um so hey want to separate but hey we're now in quarantine together so that was um that was something fun um uh, my mom and i were the first ones to get diagnosed positive we really don't know who, who i mean where it even came from we weren't very careful but at the end of the day that doesn't even matter we're a family who's always together so we knew if it ever happened it would quickly spread um we were obviously most worried about my grandparents it's crazy how affected everybody differently my mom and i had 
um, headaches, body aches, and we were tired, but just for a couple of days, the babies really had no symptoms. My sister felt bad for maybe a day. Um, my husband and brother-in-law, nothing, zero, asymptomatic, still positive. My grandparents, which we were most worried about, um, my grandmother, we knew she was positive because she came to test with me because she was symptomatic just like I was. We did not take my grandfather to test because we didn't know he wasn't showing any symptoms and we didn't know if he had it or not. So we thought if we put him in the car with us to go get a test and he's not positive, we might give it to him. If he is positive and we put him in the car with somebody else, then he might give it to them. So in all of this, my grandfa- my grandmother gets positive. My, mo- my mom takes her to get um, in like an antiviral infusion, which we believe saved her life. She felt terrible after getting it and then all of a sudden started feeling much better. There was um, a gap between her doing that and us being able to get my grandfather tested. Since we didn't want to put him in the car and he couldn't drive, we called the fire department and we asked them to come and test. There was a lapse in them coming and timing and a lot of things. And he tested, we got the results on a Sunday morning that he was positive. And by Sunday night, I got, um, he had been feeling fine, except he had fallen a couple of times. Um, so he calls me late at night and we had bought him one of those little things that reads your oxygen on your finger and he called me and he told me that his oxygen was in the low 80s so i panicked and i my mom who lives with me rushed over there got there and they called um the paramedics the paramedics picked him up and took him to the hospital And there began the beginning of the worst three and a half weeks of our family's life. When he got there, we thought that he was going to be okay. Because although his um, breathing was, his oxygen was low, um, they found that his hemoglobin was low. And we were like, oh, thank goodness that he ended up in the hospital because now they'll be able to work on why his hemoglobin is so low and you know one thing may have fixed another thing and we were just staying very positive the next day at night i hear my mom screaming my name and when i run into her room um they had told her that they were moving him into the icu the covid icu he had vomited for some reason and they just wanted to keep um a closer eye on him The fact that we weren't allowed to go and see him was killing all of us. We just we just said, we'll do anything. We had all tested negative already, so we knew we had antibodies. Um, at this point, he could still talk to us, so he would call when he could, but um, not often because he would run out of breath. Um, And if 
I mean, I know there are thousands of people who've had relatives in the hospital during COVID. If you have a relative in the hospital at any time, it's terrible. But during this pandemic, it is the worst because you can't be there. And you can only rely on either calling them, which sometimes they won't pick up or they can't pick up, or calling the hospital 20,000 times a day. So I was in charge. I had his health chart on my phone. So I was refreshing it constantly to see um, his stats. And my mom was in charge of calling the hospital. And she would call every two to four hours. We would know exactly when the nurses would change shift so that we'd call before and after um, certain shifts so that um, they wouldn't think that we were crazy and we'd get two different opinions on what was happening. Um, we'd get phone calls from the doctor just saying the worst. Then we'd get phone calls from nurses saying he's doing so much better. Um, they ask questions like, if he has to be intubated, do you want that or not? Resuscitation, do you want that or not? And those are not conversations that anybody wants to have over the phone. Um, let alone not, you know, like not knowing, not seeing him and the actual state that he was in. Um, and every time that we would get one of these calls with bad news, it's like my, his three daughters, so my mom and my two aunts, me and my sister, we just all show up at my grandmother's house. Like no questions asked. We just whole family we just show up there and rally like the little the little team that he made that's what we would do um and on one of these weekends they said um you know it's not looking good all his stats are going down you guys have to you know come to the realization that this is not gonna work out we all talk to him on the phone you know honestly i told them keep fighting Looking back, I know that that was probably um, selfish on my part. But we, I just told him, you can do this. We want to see you. Um, and we had sent him his favorite jokes, Alvarez Guedes. <laughs> we sent him a CD player. We sent him um, everything. <laughs> we sent him pictures that the nurses knew, the family he had waiting for him back home. The kids made him posters with handprints. Um, his room, we never saw it, but the nurses knew exactly who we were and who he was, believe me. <laughs> so, um, after that terrible phone call, then all of a sudden, we started getting good news. He's doing better. At this point, he was intubated. Um which was another crazy thing because they said, would we allow it? We said, yes, but let us know beforehand. And before when we call, they're like, the intubation went great. So we didn't even know what was happening, but it happened. And then we started getting great news. The numbers are, um, and we're getting to put the oxygen down. He's doing better. We're going to try and take him off sedation soon. And you start feeling like a sense of hope. 
But again, you're not there to see them. You don't really know what they're going through. You just, you just have this hope that he's going to make it and he's going to be fine. Um, so we were on a high of, you know, this, this is going to be a miracle. He's going to be the miracle that is going to uplift all these nurses and doctors. That's going to show them that an 82 year old can get out of there, that he can, you know, he can fight. Um, but, um, after three and a half weeks in the hospital, I was laying in bed, it was like six something in the morning with the kids and my mom opens the door and she's like, no, that's it. That's it. They're telling me that that's it. There's nothing that they can do. And she was on the phone with them as, um, as really all his numbers crashed. And I remember just sitting in the bed and thinking, how, how could this happen? I don't, I don't understand. Like, we haven't seen him in almost a month and now and now he's gone like i couldn't process what happened and my son looked at me and he said is papa getting better and i looked at him and i said no i'm sorry papa went to heaven and he kind of smiled at me and then just laid down i asked him if he wanted to go to school that day he went to school that day and The next day, the teacher calls me and she tells me, there's something I have to tell you. He goes to a Christian school and she says every day they pray. And as they were praying, he said he had something to say. And he said, this morning, my great grandpa went to heaven. But, um, and then she started crying and she said, and he said, so happy. That means I get to see him again. Um, and obviously I started crying. And it's true, and it's what his teacher told me. Sometimes as adults, we forget the big picture, or at least what, what my family believes, um, that we'll see him again. And that he's in the place that we all dream of being, and he's no longer suffering. And this selfish side of us just really wants to keep him earthside. Um, we would have done anything to just bring him home just for a day, just to see him, just to say something to him. Um, but it's like my grandmother always says, he knew it. He didn't have to hear it again. He, he knew it. Um, so when you do the funeral and all that, um, throughout this process, upset because I feel like I can't um like I haven't grieved him fully because I'm dealing with so many other things in my life and then it would make me mad like these other things that are happening in my relationship and in everything else seem so minuscule when it comes to losing him and I just had a really um hard time processing how how to grieve him so I went and I had a therapist. I went to one therapy session, which, by the way, therapy should really be more affordable, but we'll talk about that some other time. But I went to one therapy session, and something she told me, she says, you're dealing with a lot, but I feel like you haven't fully grieved your grandfather. I want you to go home and write him a letter. And 
I was like, um, what am I supposed to say? She's like, just, just talk to him because you never got to say your goodbye. You never got that closure moment. So just talk to him. So to close off this podcast episode, um, I want to read my letter to him. Hopefully I can get through it. I got a lot of tears out while writing it. <laughs> so hopefully I can get through it without the sniffles so you don't have to suffer through my sniffles. <laughs> it says, Papa, it's so weird to me that you are gone. Some days it feels so heavy and other days I forget that my body automatically turns into your room imagining you'll be sitting in your chair. I'm sorry we couldn't be there. You always showed up for all of us, no matter what. And in your hardest moment, we couldn't do the same. I know it was God's plan. I know he didn't want us to remember you full of tubes and cords. I remember you exactly as you were, strong yet silent, loving in your own special way. I always remember you quickly whispering, love you too, <laughs> at the end of our conversations. So many people came to tell us stories about you after you passed. Even nurses that were at your side. The one thing that all these stories had in common were how much you loved us. All of us. You were so proud and you were always showing your big family off. We are all who we are because you and Aweli built this big beautiful family. We are strong because you taught us we could do anything. I talk to you a lot. I know you hear me. You come to me in my dreams. I ask you for advice, which is funny because I would have never in real life. I could imagine if you were here knowing what my life is like right now. You would just look at me and say, Ike? And I would just say, here, all good, Papa. But you would know. You always know, knew everything. I feel lucky to have the best guardian angel. I love you guide me i hope to always make you proud always know i love you too your fourth daughter katie you know grief is a tough thing because like i said some days you you feel it so hard and other days you can go about your day and have a million worries and not think about it So to anybody that's grieving anything out there, a loved one, a relationship, a pet, a job, anything, just feel. Maybe one day you feel okay and the next day you cry. If you want to cry, just let it out. It's okay to cry about the same thing two, five, ten, two hundred times. Um... When I think about him, when I talk about him, when I cry about him, in a sense, I feel so lucky that I had, that I had him. And that, that, that pain, in a way, is a show of how much I loved him and how much he loved me. So, I know he will guide my steps. And um, I just dedicate this podcast to him. And again, I just want to thank all of you who have been um, by my side throughout these 
um, crazy past few months. And let's look forward. Because once you're at the bottom, you gotta go up, right? So, cheers to growing up. To going up. Cheers to my papa. Um, I love you all. And thank you for listening. I will... I'll catch up with you next week. Bye.